0: Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Monday, August 8th, 2022. Stand up for your country. You know, there's been a culture war. I think I wrote Culture Warrior, my book, uh, back in 2008. Um, and there has been an intense culture war ever since. And people say it's divided 50-50 between progressive liberals and traditional conservatives. That's not really true because there are so many Americans who don't know what's happening and don't really care what's happening and they don't fall into either category. But for those who pay attention, I think the traditional side has a slight advantage, but I'm always amazed at the progressive liberal side because as we're seeing now in our own daily lives, those policies don't work. They hurt individual Americans and there's no two sides to that story. So, One of the big culture war um, campaigns is going on right now, uh, a war between the states, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So it's Texas and Arizona versus New York State and the District of Columbia. And it's all about the open border, undocumented migrants. Here are the facts. Texas Governor Greg Abbott and Arizona Governor Doug Ducey are putting undocumented migrants who are living in their states on buses and sending those buses to New York State and Washington, D.C. Both mayors are now screaming for relief. So Muriel Bowser in D.C. actually requested the National Guard. I'll get to that in a moment. Now, you would think that we'd be talking about 50,000, 100,000 migrants, right? Because every year now, we're looking at 3 million, 2 million that are uh, encountered by the border control, another million that just get in and nobody knows about it. Okay, this is 7,000 from each state, approximately. So this isn't like what the border states see every day. This is just... 7,000 coming to D.C., 7,000 to Washington State. Now, California and New Mexico are also border states, but they don't care because they're run by Democrats, and Democrats support the open border, as do Mayor Bowser and the New York City Mayor, Eric Adams, although he's not quite as enthusiastic as Bowser is. Okay, so this is a volunteer program. Texas and Arizona aren't forcing people on buses to go to Washington or New York. They are signing people up who want to go, undocumented migrants. All expenses paid. You know, it's a fairly rough bus trip in the summer. That's not a real pleasant experience. But their food and everything's taken care. I don't, I don't know if they drive straight through. I suspect they do with a change of bus driver. But maybe they're staying in hotels, again, picked up by the federal government. So the reaction, as I said, from Bowser is send in the National Guard to, quote, help with migrant transportation, uh, assisting like military personal, uh, personnel does with other humanitarian missions, including assisting Afghan refugees. That's what Bowser wants. So the defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, says No. <laughs> Because that would set precedent. So even the Biden administration knows you can't be running National Guard troops all over the country to supervise undocumented migrants. You shouldn't be here in the first place. Remember, the Afghan refugees were settled under the law. And these people broke the law. So Austin says, we're not going to send you anything. In New York City, Adams wants money, as New York City always does, from the federal government. Because... He says that the migrants are overwhelming city homeless shelters. That may be true. I don't know. And they are terrible places, by the way. You're better off in Honduras than you are in a New York City homeless shelter. Because they're full of criminals and drug addicts. And and I mean, there's no supervision inside those places. If You got kids. You don't want to be in a homeless shelter. Okay, so uh, the culture war is underway the liberal places like New York City and New Washington D.C. are outraged that Texas and Arizona will be sending these people up, and the Biden administration responds this way: "Go." So you know it's the latest stunt from the governor. Another stunt of of
1: busing de- uh, busing uh, desperate migrants across across the country, uh, and uh, he's using them as a political. Uh, uh, you know, as a political ploy. I mean, this is what he's been doing, and it's shameful.
0: All right, what's shameful is the open border, but if you were an astute reporter, and there are very few of them at the White House, these are just, I don't know, it's shocking how bad the White House press corps is. You would say, well, you're doing the same thing, Biden administration, Corinne, you're doing the same thing. You put them on planes and fly them all over the country. So uh, Texas and Arizona put them on buses. You put them on planes. You do the same thing. All right. But Adams doesn't scream about that, even though the planes are landing a few miles north of New York City. So, But, you know, you're asking a press corps in the White House to actually think. And they have no interest in doing that. They just don't want to get in trouble with their corporate masters. Okay. So... This is a moral dilemma as well. There are poor people. Now, it is their fault. They came here and crossed illegally, but the children aren't at fault because they don't know what, they're just going with their uncle or parents or wherever. All right, but it's a moral dilemma because you're using people who are desperately poor, it's true, okay, in a culture battle a political battle, back and forth. Now, would I do it if I were the governor of Texas or Arizona? I would probably do it. Here's why. You've got to fight back against this Biden administration. You've got to embarrass him, President Biden. You've got to embarrass him by saying, look, our state's overrun. We can't afford this. So now you liberal bastions in New York City And Washington, D.C., who support the open border, hey, taste this. But more importantly, it raises the consciousness of the issue in front of everybody. Not everybody. I mean, there's so many people who don't pay attention, but anybody who's got a brain knows this is going on. So I would do it, but I would feel bad about doing it because I know that the people in the middle here are being used politically. And that's unsettling. But the greater good is to close that border down there, to stop the madness. That issue alone, take out inflation, anything else, that issue alone is enough to get rid of Biden and the Democrats. Just the open border issue, just one thing. That's how pernicious it is. And that's the memo. All right, President uh, Biden is in uh, Kentucky giving away more federal money. Uh, That's what he does wherever he goes. People get federal money. He doesn't have any responsibility. He believes in uh, getting the debt down. He just money, 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 money. Here it is. And Kentucky needs flood relief. They do. And California needs wildfire relief. And every state needs relief. It's his nature. All right. And Biden shows up. He gives the money and he goes home. That's what it is. All right. Um, The federal funds are going to be used for debris removal, emergency protective measures, on and on and on and on. Look, it's it's right the federal government does help people who can't help themselves in in emergencies. But this is Biden's modus operandi. That's all he does is give away the money. And here we go with more money giveaways in the Inflation Reduction Act. So it passed the Senate. Was it no Republicans voted for it, every Democrat voted for it? And then Kamala Harris, vice president, breaks the tie. And so $433 billion Biden spending on trying to reduce inflation, which is dishonest. Doesn't care. This bill doesn't do anything to reduce inflation. All right. And if you don't believe me, read the report from the Wharton budget model at the University of Pennsylvania it flat out says it's not going to have any impact on inflation. The Congressional Budget Office says that the legislation will reduce the deficit by $90 billion over 10 years. That's $9 billion a year. That's nothing. That's nothing. Okay? So if you think, if anybody thinks this is going to be reduce infl- inflation, it's not. This is a ruse as so much Of Washington is. It's to pump money into alternative energy. It's a global warming play. That's what this is. And Bernie Sanders is outraged, not because it's 433 billion. He wanted one and a half trillion. That's what Bernie wanted.
1: Roll the tape. I want to take a moment to say a few words about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that we are debating uh, this evening. And I say so-called, uh, by the way, because according to the CBO and other economic organizations who have studied this bill, it will in fact have a minimal impact on inflation.
0: Now, at least Sanders is honest. He's one of the few Democrats that is honest. Sanders wants the economy to collapse and socialism to take capitalism's place. So he doesn't like this because it's only $433 billion. It's not a trillion and a half, which is what Sanders wanted. Okay, so this bill is, I would not have voted for it because it's a ruse. It's not true. There's a couple of good things in the bill. Best is Medicare negotiating with the drug companies to bring the cost of prescription drugs down. That's good. I'm sorry, Big Pharma. Americans need lower drug costs. It's a life and death matter. So that's good. Bad, the worst part is it gives the IRS much more power to harangue Americans and go in and try to hurt you. There's a lot of money going to the IRS to hire more agents to audit people. Now, they're not going to be auditing a guy making 50, 60 grand. They're not going to be doing that. It's the small business people in the middle you know, from about 100 to 400 thousand, that's they're going to be targeted. I'm targeted because I make a lot of money, so I know. You know, the target is on my back. That's why I have to pay all these lawyers and accountants to protect me. But I'm honest. My mantra to my people is pay it. Not worth it. All right, let's go to crime. So uh, there's a recall effort in L.A. County, the nation's largest county, to get rid of the D.A. there, George Gascon. He is a George Soros disciple. Very simply, Gascon does not enforce the law. He took office on December 7, 2020. Since he's been in office, homicides are up in L.A. County 94% over 2019. Shooting's up 54%. It's obvious. Obvious. Okay, Gascon either doesn't know what he's doing or is simply not doing what he is sworn to do, enforce the law. It's one of the two. So the recall looks like it's going to happen. Uh, it looks like, because it's not in stone yet, they have the signatures. Now they have to verify them. The L.A. Times, which... L.A. has local TV news, which is more tabloidish, and then they have the L.A. Times. That's it. All right? Orange County Register is much more. L.A. Times is appalled, not by Gascon and the rise in crime, violent crime. No, that there would be even a recall effort. Here's the quote editorial. The notion that a D.A. can make crime rise or fall over a period of time is absurd, unquote. Well, here's what's absurd that the L.A. Times, which reports on the violent crime every day, doesn't think it's significant under Gascon. They want to keep him. Joining us now is uh, a guy who follows this closely. Michael Levine is a PR maven and author of the book Broken Windows, Broken Business, the Revolutionary Broken Windows Theory of the Smallest Remedies Reap the Biggest Rewards. Okay, so tell the people, Michael, who don't live in Los Angeles, who don't know the LA Times, how crazy left this newspaper is.
1: Well, a Bill, you have hit it on the head. Um, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, the Los Angeles Times takes a position on every single matter that would not be considered liberal or even very liberal. It uh, is considered far, far to the left. Woke left, I guess, is what common parlance has it written as. Now I know the LA Times has nowhere near the power and influence it once did when it was bought recently by a billionaire doctor Uh, There was a great deal of hope that maybe the times would restore to its former glory days, but it has not. It has followed a path, and it is so predictable that um, I'm afraid it's become largely, for many, irrelevant. Uh, You know, Bill, I have a friend, a female friend in Los Angeles, an attorney, an African-American woman who has two Bernie Sanders stickers on her car. That'll tell you a little bit about her credential. And even she said George Gascone is a bridge too far.
0: Okay. So um, 700,000 Angelenos in the nation's largest county have signed a recall petition to get rid of yep. him. If it goes right. on the ballot, the L.A. Times will oppose I don't know about local news. I don't even know if they cover this stuff anymore. I mean, they, they cover right. the grizzly crimes, but I don't know That's if there's right. any editorial point of view. Do yeah. you believe that, that the people in L.A. County would throw him out like the people of San Francisco throughout Bowdoin?
1: Listen, prophecy is dubious business, but it would appear from what I'm seeing in Los Angeles whether I'm talking to Democrats, I have many Democratic friends, I have some Republican friends, I have some nonpartisan friends, and I have some friends who frankly don't give a, a damn about anything other than whether the Dodgers win. And universally, what I'm hearing is this cannot continue. Uh, and so I would say, though I'm not a betting man, that. Uh, that like be San Francisco, yeah. Okay, uh, I don't know yet. There is I'll a have to rage in, There is a rage and a disgust, not only about crime, in areas in which traditionally had not been as decayed. Uh, it's uh, there it's is a feeling seeping in everywhere. everywhere but decayed. unlike
0: San Francisco, where that city is small and compact, you can see it every day. L.A. County is spread out all over the place, and it's primarily working-class people. I mean, Hollywood Enclave is, is just that, a small area which gets all the headlines. But most people in L.A., they just work for a living. They got to put up with the terrible traffic, with the pollution, with the woke stuff. And and here's another thing. The L.A. City Council, again, far left, they want to pass a law that would require all L.A. hotels to accept homeless vouchers. You could not turn down anybody to stay in your hotel, even if the person were deranged. Okay? This is what the next thing is in the L.A. Board of Supervisors. This is what they're putting forth. I mean, this is just madness. So you ruin your business because the law would force you to accept people who were dangerous.
1: Right? Right? That's right. What that would mean, what you just explained to your audience, Bill, is that if you owned the Bel Air Hotel, a beautiful hotel in Los Angeles, at two o'clock in the afternoon, you would be forced to call City Hall and reveal to City Hall how many remaining rooms you had that evening. If you had any remaining rooms, you would be forced to take homeless people into your hotel being paid for by a reduced vouchers. Yeah, by those taxpayers. And the taxpayers are paying for it, right. That's true. It's,
0: it's
1: staggering.
0: Staggering. Now, one, staggering, Right,
1: now one thing I did want to mention to you, Bill, and this is something I think you've mentioned in the past. I've noticed a difference is uh, you know, I am a, a media expert and I, I observe media trends for a living and hopefully uh, do it assiduously. I have no horse in the race. Uh, I'm just trying to see what's true. And the difference that I've noticed rather profoundly is that conservatives generally regard liberals as either foolish or naive. Uh, Liberals generally regard conservatives as evil and selfish. Now that's a rather significant difference and uh, no one on the right that I'm aware of is calling for the uh, death of AOC or Nancy Pelosi, but I see prominent Democrats repeatedly calling for brutal death of numerous Republicans. Now that's a rather profound difference and if you tell people they're wrong and here's why they're wrong they may or may not listen but if you tell them they're evil that they're unredeemable they're probably not going to respond too well and that is i think causing some of the dissension in our country well no, which, now, like,
0: and that goes into the culture war uh, but is- the rise of hatred on the right is palpable it is michael All right. Thank you very much for the analysis out there. You're our LA guy, and uh, I hope we check back with you uh, soon. All right. Let's go to New York, where there was an outrageous thing at five o'clock mass on Saturday night in St. Patrick's Old Cathedral in Lower Manhattan. So a bunch of pro-abortion protesters during mass camped out in front of the church. Roll it. (laughs) Well, this gets into an area of denial of worship if any Catholic trying to get into that 5 o'clock mass was confronted. Now, I don't know whether anyone was. No arrests as usual. They wouldn't do that even if somebody spit at you. Cops wouldn't arrest them. Remember the graffiti on St. Patrick's Cathedral? Guy took a spray paint can and obscenities on the big cathedral. And they got them on tape. They had them, Were four of them had them on tape. Nothing. Wouldn't prosecute. So, but if somebody was trying to get to mass and these pro-abortion loons impeded that, that's a federal offense. But I don't know whether it happened, but we're following it. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions. Of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different from fruit trees to house plants. They have it all at checkout. All right, Donald Trump is down in Dallas at CPAC on Saturday. Uh, He gave a long speech. Uh, They love him down there. Um, They had a straw poll. He won, whatever. Um, On the hard right, Donald Trump is still the dominant guy. Now, in his speech, which I listened to because that's my job and Mr. Trump is Certainly a competitive person for the next presidential election. He is. Okay, so he hit three themes. Public safety, the rise in violent crime, and he wants a federal law that could give capital punishment to heavyweight drug dealers. Okay, they do that in Singapore and other countries, China. Two, wants to shut down the border the way he did while he was president. All right. (laughs) And three, excuse me, was a cultural issue that he wants a federal law. You cannot indoctrinate children in school in certain matters. Those are the three themes on Saturday. Another tough weekend for the collapsing American airline industry. So uh, flights, according to FlightAware, which tracks it, 1,500 were canceled Friday to Sunday. 1,500 flights, canceled. Not late, canceled. Why? There were thunderstorms. Thunderstorms in this country, not flying. Don't They don't have to be over your city. They could be 100 miles away, not doing it, okay? And the delayed flights were outrageous as well. JetBlue, of course, the worst, 50%, half. Of their flights were delayed. Oh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg didn't have any comment over the weekend. Of course not. Why would he? Why would he? But he uh, is going to put forth something, sometime, maybe, could happen, a proposal that make it easier for customers to get refunds for certain things the airlines do. But we're not sure. He might. <laughs> this guy... He wants to run for president, Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary. It's the only job, the only thing he has to do. What does he do? Nothing. Racism and the heat is an interesting story. So New York City's Department of Health says that because it's so hot, we're in a heat wave here in New York, that black people are twice as likely to die from heat stroke as white people. And therefore, it's racist. The heat is racist. About 370 people in New York City die every year from the heat, heat stroke. And the reason is because people don't have air conditioning. They're poor. But it's not about skin color. It's about poverty. They're poor. Now, how poor do you have to be not to have an air conditioner in your house? You got one. When I was growing up in Levittown, same turf. We didn't have air conditioning. We didn't have it. Not because we were poor. We were frugal. And my father said, ah, you can suffer for a couple of weeks. So we didn't have it. The classic line my father had, and I had this in a bowl, fresh piece of humanity. I went, dad, I think I was about 13 or 14. I said, dad, look. And I had to sleep upstairs, the hottest room. Can you, can you buy an air conditioner? he goes, hey, you got a fan up there. And I said to my father, well, the fan just blows hot air. And my father said, then don't turn it on. And that was it. So I bought my parents an air conditioner. And we only had one room that was air conditioned. And it was enough, though, when it was really hot, everybody went in a room. So here... I mean, if you can't buy an air conditioner, that's hard to believe, to put in one room to cool things down. But some people don't have it. Not racism, it's poverty. Smart Life segment. Now, this segment we do both on television and, of course, those listening on the radio hear it. And we do it every day on BillOReilly.com on the site. It gives you tips to save money, and other things. Smart life. Live a smart life. Okay, so an outfit called the Global Livability Index is out with its 10 best places to live on this earth. So maybe if you're real smart, you go to one of those places, right? I don't know. So this survey was conducted on culture and... Healthcare, education, infrastructure. That means stuff works. All right. Roads are paved, trains come in, and entertainment diversions. Here are the top 10 places to live in the world. Number one, Vienna, Austria. Been there. Beautiful town. Kind of boring. Would I live there? No. Number two, Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay town. Very cold. Not much going on. Would I live there? No. Three, Zurich, Switzerland. Very pretty town. Uh boring. Boring. Four Calgary, Canada. If you like the outdoors and can handle the cold, and it is cold, this is a nice place to live. Easy living there. Vancouver, Canada, the city is rife with drug addiction and crime. Beautiful setting outside Vancouver, stunning. But would I live there? No way. It's woke. Geneva, Switzerland, one of my favorite cities in the world. Absolutely beautiful. Everything works. A little boring, but French food is good. Uh, I would live there. Frankfurt, Germany, no way. No way would I live in that town. Don't like it. Never liked it. Toronto, Canada. Ah, You want to be taxed up to your eyebrows and have Justin Trudeau telling you what to do. Would I live in Toronto? No. Amsterdam, too cold. <clears throat> Woke. Pot everywhere. Everywhere you go. No way. Osaka, Japan. Okay, town. But Kyoto is a thousand times better. Melbourne, Australia. Okay, town. But Sydney is better. All right. Next, tomorrow, in the Smart Life segment, we will have the worst places on Earth. This day in history, August 8th, 1974. Richard M. Nixon resigns the presidency because of Watergate. All right, he's out of there. And there's his speech, and he deserved it. So, two months prior... 44% 44% of the American public thought Nixon should be removed from office, 41% said no. So there's almost a tie. In this two-month span when all these revelations came out about Nixon stonewalling Watergate, he was on tape, he did all kinds of things, his approval rating was 24%. 12 points lower than Joe Biden in the Quinnipiac poll. So Nixon was he couldn't govern. And the Democratic Judiciary Committee in the Senate had drawn up impeachment, obstruction of justice, abuse of power, contempt of Congress, and Nixon would have been impeached and convicted. He knew it. And so he resigned. Okay, that happened uh, again 48 years ago today. I was at Boston U when that happened. And uh, it was a huge story. I mean, it was an amazing story. OK, right back with the mail and then a final thought that I think you will like. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532.
1: I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful
0: Okay, let's go to the mail right away. We got Jeff Stamper, Thousand Oaks, California. Hey, Bill, my wife and I watch nightly as you discuss the problems facing our country. And yet, when any bill comes up for a vote, Democrats vote in lockstep with the party line. There are no Democrats willing to voice an opinion on common sense solutions. Well, Manchin and Cinema are the two in the Senate. If you vote against the Democratic hierarchy that is Pelosi in the House and Schumer in the Senate, you will not get campaign funds to run again. Republicans do it, too, but not to the extent that your Democrats do. Kevin Manning, Sacramento, California. The 2022 midterm elections are 95 days away. Republicans have a three-point lead in their bid to recapture control of Congress, according to a Rasmussen poll. My impression the gap is much larger. You know, the polls won't matter until September. That's why I'm not giving you daily polling. California is a big skewer of this. The nation's largest state, overwhelmingly Democrat, remains so. So when you see that poll, if you take California out of it, Republicans are way up. Put it in, Republicans come down. Al, on the message board, you're right, O'Reilly. Hold on to stocks you've had for a while. I'm down 20% since Biden took office but won't sell. Take the loss for one good reason, the Calvary is coming. In November 2024. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that would be the reason to hold. I think the American economy is vibrant in the sense that people are working and people have cut back spending, but it's worth hanging on, in my opinion. William, uh, Bill DeSantis will not run as Trump's VP. DeSantis is an alpha dog. He's not going to play second fiddle. You might know him better than I do. Christine Pagano, Stratford, Connecticut. Hey, Bill, if Ron DeSantis runs as vice president on a Trump ticket, he would have to move out of Florida. Wouldn't he also have to resign the governorship of Florida? Yes, he would. He would. So Florida changes laws all the time. But right now, if DeSantis ran for vice president, his lieutenant governor would take over as governor. And if DeSantis loses, he can't come back. He could run again in eight years. So say he resigns in 2022, he could run in 2030, according to Florida law. But here's the kicker on that. Florida could change its law, and very well might, if DeSantis decides to run for vice president or president. Cecil a Grabber, Denver, Colorado. If uh, white DAs are releasing black perpetrators without consequences, isn't that racism? And what do you call black DAs? such as Kim Fox in Chicago we do exactly the same thing. It's all racist. It's all racist. If you stand by and do nothing while black citizens are murdered and brutalized, you're racist. And Cox, New Jersey, last night on the No Spin News, you talked about having access to some brilliant people. I'm curious is the top three things you have learned from these individuals. Look, I gave you a list of people that I and it was off the Vin Scully death, you know, I was lucky enough to uh, talk and meet with uh, Mr. Scully at Dodger Dodger Stadium a few years ago. What I want from them is their view of life and success, right? What they did to make themselves the best or in that category. And that's what I talked to them about. And they're all different. There's there's not one uniform thing. If If there were one thing, and they didn't mention this, but it would be hard work. They work, all of them, really hard. But they all have different vantage points, and I, and I take from that. Um, Richard M. Key is Syracuse, New York. How is Holly, the terror dog, dealing with all this heat? The terror dog is very adaptable. Um, let's see her. She, uh, yep, there she is. She's riding out the heat wave in the Northeast uh, in an air-conditioned room. <laughs> Corgis nap about, or sleep, about 16 hours a day, maybe 17, so they're not real climatized. Now, corgis are sheep herders and whales. That's where they come from. If she's out in this heat. She's got two coats. She'd feel it, but she's doing just fine. Thomas Green, Lake Placid, New York. Bill, thank you for everything. You're welcome, Thomas. You're welcome. Okay, Killing the Killers on Amazon, 90% favorable. I think that's the highest of any of our books ever. So people who read Killing the Killers are liking it very much. And if you have not gotten it, this is a tremendous summer read for you. And right on the heels is Killing the Legends, which will be out on September 27th. And this book is going to be the talk of the country. All kinds of unbelievable stuff about these three guys And if you become a premium or concierge member, you get either or of those books free. Or you re-up. Okay. Word of the day, do not be a ninny hammer. I've used that word before, but I like it. Ninny, we all know, but ninny hammer. The hammer adds something. Okay. Back with the final thought, conspiracy theories.
1: Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So here is a final thought of the day. I get tons of mail on conspiracy theories. It's an industry. So you go on the internet, they have this big headline. You go in and they weave this conspiracy. People made millions of dollars off the Kennedy assassination conspiracy theories. That's why I wrote Killing Kennedy and knock all that out. Okay. I'm going to read you five letters to give you an example. First one, John in Arizona. I said, many years ago, our water supply is the least protected system we have. Now it looks like someone is putting polio virus in New York City water. No, they're not. All right, what happened was a few people, very few, got polio, and in their area, bacteria seeped out from them. But nobody's putting any virus. That would be impossible. Second one, Sterling in California. Bill, just a crazy thought. Do you think Biden's handlers are falsely stating his COVID to keep him secluded from the public? I do not. That would be impossible. You can't do that at that level. Third, Bob, Pasadena, California. There's a conspiratorial video circulating. That discusses a scenario where the vice president is encouraged to resign, benefiting her big time, as replaced by Gavin Newsom. Biden then resigns due he to health reason. Newsom is elevated to presidency without one vote being cast. Insane. That's all I can say. But people believe it. <laughs> James, Georgia. Bill, I keep hearing there is a bill to cut $300 billion from Medicare. No, there is no such bill. All right, it would never happen. Tom, Yorktown, Virginia. Bill, not usually a conspiracy theorist, but after the arrest of the individual who said he wanted to kill one of the justices of the Supreme Court, I think there may be a loon or two who may try to kill a justice in order for President Biden to appoint a liberal justice, your thought? Look, I, I don't speculate on that. Why would I speculate on violence? And you know, you know, our Supreme Court justices are now very well protected by the U.S. Marshals. Okay, I'm not going to speculate about it. Anybody could do anything at any time. But the important thing is it is a total waste of your time to buy into conspiracy theories. If you see solid evidence that there's polio being poured into the New York City water supply, send it to me. All right. But if you see no evidence, just BS. And that's all this industry is. This conspiracy industry, all BS. And, and, News commentators do it all the time. They do it all the time. I'm proud to say my entire career, I've never done it. Not once. I debunked them. If I see a situation that I believe is real, I'll get to the bottom of it with facts. Not, well, maybe this could, well, I saw on this network, this person said no. All right? So... I'm looking out for you. That's not a conspiracy. (laughs) Don't waste your time. All right? I can't ever remember a conspiracy in this country that's worked. It's just way too much. All this anonymous source garbage, this is all conspiracy stuff. How did Russian collusion work out? Thank you for watching and listening. To the no-spin news, we'll see you tomorrow.